Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Vacations are supposed to be a time of relaxation. A time to leave everyday problems behind and get a taste of the good life. It's for this reason that crimes involving tourists can be especially unsettling, exposing our vulnerabilities and replacing our idyllic illusions of paradise with unthinkable nightmares. In this episode, we will look at four terrifying cases of people who went on vacation and never returned. Vacations ending in death this week on Mysteriously Listed. Number 4. Catherine Chappell 29-year-old Catherine Chappell was career goals. She was the senior visual effects editor, working on several popular films and television shows, including Game of Thrones. But it wasn't just the creative arts where Catherine was leaving her mark. She was also passionate about wildlife conservation. June 2015, Catherine went on a trip of a lifetime to Johannesburg, South Africa, to bring attention to the endangered animals and raise funds for the Wildlife Act. And the Wildlife Act is a non-for-profit charity, one of many Catherine dedicated her life to in her spare time. While in Johannesburg, Catherine was invited to visit the Johannesburg Lion Park for an opportunity to get up close and personal with the large cats one of the species Catherine was so desperate to protect. On the afternoon of June 1st, 2015, Catherine was given the opportunity to ride through the reserve in an SUV. Now, this wasn't unusual and common practice for the Lion Park. As long as one firm rule was followed, that the car windows remained up at all times during the drive. Initially, the drive that included an excited Catherine was uneventful, but at some point the SUVs briefly stopped, for a better look at the pride of lions. The SUV behind Catherine's would later report watching in awe as a large male lion brushed himself against the door of the SUV, a lioness raising on her hind legs to get a better look at the occupants inside the car. For reasons that are not clear, Catherine had been allowed to roll down her window in order to snap the best possible photos. But instead of rolling the window back up as the lions approached, Catherine continued to have her arms holding the cell phone outside the vehicle, taking as many photos as she could. In one swift movement, the lioness lunged through the open window of the SUV. Catherine would not have had a chance to react against the lioness's stealth reflexes. Within seconds, the lioness attacked, biting Catherine's shoulder and then neck, severely wounding her. The driver of the SUV trying to fend off the lioness in an attempt to save Catherine's life. When the lioness finally retreated, the driver applied pressure to Catherine's numerous wounds. By the time the park's paramedics arrived on the scene, it was all too late. Catherine Chapel was already dead. She had lost her life fighting for the future of the animal who ultimately stole hers. Number 3. 
Number three, Catherine Jonette. Catherine Jonette was a seasoned traveller, exploring the world. By 23 years old, she had already achieved so much. Catherine had already travelled to six continents. She had graduated with honours in comparative literature from Columbia University. She had worked her first teaching job abroad in Vietnam. Despite all of her travels, there was one place that she was fascinated with but just never had the chance to visit, and that was Panama. So when she had the opportunity to travel to Central America in early 2017, she could not say no. And by all accounts, she was making the most out of her trip. A week before her death, Catherine posted a photo on her Instagram in front of a beach writing, quote, I found paradise and it's called Isla Ina, unquote. At some point during her vacation, she decided to venture out further to Bastimento Island. And even though she was travelling with a friend, she decided to go on a jungle trail alone. Bastimento Island is known for its pristine beaches, hiking trails and wildlife, especially famous for their small red frogs. It's completely understandable why it would be attractive for the adventure-seeking young woman. At 10.30am, she informed the hostel staff that she would return by the early evening. Little could Catherine know this would be her last trip and she would never return. Later in the evening of February 2nd, 2017, employees at the Isla Colin Hostel realised Catherine had not returned as promised. It was getting darker and the staff knew immediately from their experience something must be wrong. Catherine was a tourist who did not speak much Spanish, and this was her first time in Panama, let alone venturing out alone to Pasmento Island. Local law enforcement was informed of the missing young woman, Catherine's family rushing to Panama to help find her, hanging missing persons posters around the area and taking part in the physical search. Three days after Catherine was reported missing, a report was received that a woman's body had been found along Red Frog Beach in Bastimentos. She had been beaten and strangled using her very own pink swimsuit that she had been wearing, that she had received blunt force trauma to the back of the head, and her body had been dragged to the spot where she had been found. Heartbreakingly, it would be the responsibility of Catherine's brother and sister to identify the body as belonging to Catherine at the morgue. It did not take long for police to identify a suspect as being a local 17-year-old based on DNA collected from the crime scene. His identity has never been released as he was a minor at the time of the crime. October 2017, the teen was found guilty of murder and robbery, but since he was not yet an adult, he was tried as a juvenile and sentenced to only 12 years in prison. The prosecution would immediately state they would appeal for a harsher sentence due to the severity of the crime. And thankfully, common sense prevailed. In September 2018, his sentence would be doubled to a minimum of 24 years in prison. Catherine would be memorialised by her beloved older siblings, wrote brother Paul on Facebook, quote, She was cheerful, adventurous, thoughtful and warm, all qualities I strive towards. I'll always look up to my youngest sister, unquote. Her sister Laura would also write a tribute on Facebook, quote, 
my family is thinking all of our beautiful memories with our laughing, adventurous, warm little girl. She was always there to listen to you and just enjoyed life with her loved ones. Unquote. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Number two, Elise de la Magne. Elise de la Magne had been spending time traveling around Asia for a little over two years. During this time, she'd been staying on and off at a yoga and tantra retreat on the full moon party island of Koh Penang in Thailand. Elise was looking for a change, however, and wanted to return home to Belgium. Calling her mother Michelle on Skype on April 17, 2017, to tell her she was buying a plane ticket back home to find a job and start saving money for the future, to settle down and take on more responsibility. Michelle would later state her daughter was normal during their last conversation and she didn't seem depressed. And then on April 19th, just two days after her conversation with her mother, Elise kept her promise and left the island of Koh Penang on a ferry to the mainland in the airport in Chumpton. However, only Elise's luggage would make the complete journey. For reasons that have never been determined, Elise would leave the ferry at its next stop, on the island of Koteo. This extra stop was particularly surprising, given that Elise appeared to be travelling on a budget. To me, a sudden stay on another island, it seems out of character. So why? Did someone on the ferry scare her? Or did she fear that someone would be waiting for her in Chumpton? Regardless, Elise checked into the Triple B bungalows at around 3pm, but for reasons that aren't clear, she would cross out her real name and replace it with a fake identity, signing it under the name Elise Duplos. She also reportedly refused to provide the counter with her passport information, which is very unusual for someone who was a seasoned traveller. Why she felt it necessary to hide her true name is unknown, but it does raise additional concerns as to whether she was being followed or if she was avoiding someone. But this story only gets stranger, because at some point during the night on April 19th, three bungalows at the Triple B bungalows caught on fire, including the one Elise had rented. Police later identified the origin of the fire as being a candle or lamp in Elise's room. The owners did choose not to press any charges, so the police didn't feel it necessary to gather any evidence at the scene. While this was going on, Elise relocated again to the west side of the island along Tatano Bay. Elise then booked a new ticket on the ferry for April 24th to Chumpton. After this, nothing more is heard from Elise. The last sighting was apparently an image police say is of her that was recovered from a nearby CCTV. This woman, who may or may not be Elise, was buying some rice. Elise's mother denies the image is of her daughter. She said the silhouette does not match. 
The following day, Elise's three large suitcases arrived in Chumpton without their owner. Elise was nowhere to be seen. Her unattended suitcases were enough cause of alarm, however, that search parties were sent out to look for her. In the weeks that followed, locals became suspicious of a monitor lizard going back and forth into the jungles of Koteo. This could only mean one thing, that the lizard was feeding on something, something that was too large for him to finish in one sitting. Curious, some locals went to investigate, finding Elisa's half-eaten body on May 24th amongst some rocks behind the family bay resort. According to police, Elisa's body was found hanging from a tree, her autopsy determining that she died sometime between April 23rd and April 24th. Her body showed signs of injuries on her neck that was consistent with hanging. The official cause of death was ruled to be suicide by suffocation. There was no signs of foul play nor accidental death. There was no traces of drugs, no sign of a struggle, nothing to suggest another party was involved. However, things are controversial about this – because when the story first broke, several news outlets reported that Elisa's body was not found hanging from a tree, but instead on the ground and wrapped in T-shirts or cotton scarves. One source also reported that a fuel can was found near the body as well. Also revealed was that Elise had previously attempted suicide in the past, but her mother continued to insist that she was in a better place and in no way suicidal but then there would be reports that stated that she attempted suicide again more recently, on April 4th at a railway station in Bangkok. Elise would apparently be admitted for a short stint at a psychiatric hospital, but this has never been verified. Suspicions were further heightened by increasing concerns regarding the unusually high number of foreign travellers dying on the island. Elise being the seventh between 2014 and 2017, and this number has since increased in the five years that have passed since. Although these deaths have been consistently ruled accidental or suicide, many believe the circumstances, like in Elise's case, were questionable and instead suggest a much larger conspiracy of local corruption based on an uncontrolled mafia presence and underground crime. However, it must be noted that there has never been a connection proven between Elisa's death and those of the other tourists. But since Elisa's mother, Michelle, has never been given access to the autopsy report or crime scene photos as promised many times, it is an interesting theory that deserves further investigation. Number 1. Carla Stefanak Carla Stefanak was a gorgeous young woman living in Miami, Florida. She described herself on Instagram as a model, travel influencer, photographer and fashion blogger. Her post filled with photos of her travels around the world. Carla's family and friends would later describe her as happy-go-lucky and trusting, choosing to see the best in everyone she met. When Carla and her sister-in-law and best friend, Emma Burton, decided to go on vacation in Costa Rica to celebrate Carla's impending 36th birthday, they never expected anything bad to happen. The two always had a blast wherever they went. This vacation, however, would tragically turn out to be the last one they would ever take together, 
the pair flying out to their destination on Thanksgiving 2018. When they arrived in San Jose, things weren't perfect. To begin with, their Airbnb, an apartment at the Villa Vista Resort, it wasn't what they hoped for. But they shook it off and was not going to let this little setback ruin their fun. Carla seemed to be having a good time on their vacation. She even posted an Instagram that she would be, quote, a future resident of Costa Rica, unquote, saying she was going to miss the area when they left. Due to work, April had to leave Costa Rica a day earlier than Carla. And while Carla could have went with her, she decided to stay the extra day by herself. Carla drove April to the airport so she could catch the flight back home. She would then return their rental car at the airport and ordered an Uber to take her back to the Airbnb the pair had been staying together. This happened to be the same Uber driver that had taken them sightseeing and shopping the day before. The Uber driver dropping her back at the Airbnb between 4 and 5pm, with promises to pick her up by 8.30 the next morning to drive her to the airport to fly back home to Florida. Throughout the day, Carla and April had been in touch with one another. They even spoke on the phone. Carla told April about the unseasonal rain and that the electricity at the Airbnb had gone out. The last text that April would receive from Carla would come around 8pm. Carla mentioned she was going to ask one of the security guards to bring her some bottled water. Her last text mentioning, quote, It's pretty sketchy here, unquote. April made the point to text Carla at midnight to wish her a happy birthday, despite not getting a reply to her previous text message. But when she hadn't heard back from her by morning, this was when April started to worry. Carla always texted her back, no matter what the time. She was certain something was seriously wrong. She tried to convince herself that Carla was busy making her way back to the airport to come home, and the two would catch up in only a few hours. Soon, though, April would be bombarded with phone calls and messages from Carla's friends. No one had heard from her. Carla was scheduled to fly home to Miami, Florida at 1pm, November 28, 2018. And despite checking in for her flight, she never boarded the plane. In fact, Carla never made it to the airport. She had seemingly vanished into thin air. According to the Airbnb owners, the local security guards and the scheduled Uber driver, Carla had gotten into an unknown vehicle with her luggage at five that morning. But no one who knew and loved Carla believed this. This was entirely out of character for the travel-savvy woman. And her credit card statements showed no other Uber being ordered. Carla's family believed in their heart of hearts that she had been abducted. The Costa Rica News reported that the security guard at the villa said, quote, She left the property at 5am. However, the Uber driver showed up at the property at 8.30 to pick her up, and a guard shift had taken place. And the new guard told the driver the woman had already left the property since that information he had received from his co-worker, unquote. Carla's brother Carlos flew down to Costa Rica himself to search for his missing sister to find out some answers. He discovered who the guard was that was sent to get his sister some water. The guard was 32-year-old Bismarck Espinosa Martinez. Things would even get darker after Carla's family continued searching for her. 
No one could piece together what happened to her, but one thing was for certain. Carla did not get into a car at five that fateful morning. The FBI would quickly become involved, and in the coming days, the ground surrounding the Airbnb would be searched. It was there on December 3, 2018, only 200 yards away from where Carla was staying, and partially buried in a wooded area behind the apartment complex, search dogs would uncover Carla's body. The body was so badly decomposed, it was not immediately evident that it was Carla. Once the autopsy had been performed, it was discovered that Carla died an extremely violent death. The autopsy showed seven stab wounds to her neck and upper body, including one to her hand, showing Carla had fought back to ward off the attack. However, the official cause of death was due to blunt force trauma to the head. The coroner determined that the murder was definitely sexually motivated, leading me to interpret from that that Carla had been also sexually assaulted. Upon officially identifying her remains, Carla's family would post to Facebook, sadly declaring, quote, Words cannot express our devastation. We want the world to know that we will never forget Carla. We will never forget the joy she brought to our lives, how much she made us laugh. We will always be with her and we know she will always be with us. May God bless her soul. Are we done here? We are not. In the following days, we will release critical details and continue asking questions about the involvement of others in Carla's death. We will make sure this case is not closed like many others in Costa Rica. Unquote. At the Airbnb, authorities found blood which matched that of Carla. Authorities were also on the hunt for a suspect, and they began to grow suspicious of the guard, Bismarck Espinosa Martinez. His statements did not match video surveillance in and around the area at the time. His arms and hands were also covered in scratches and bruises. Martinez's wife would also claim that he called her and confessed to the crime only minutes after the murder. This was enough evidence for police to arrest and charge Martinez with the second-degree murder of Carla Stefanak. Carla's family would be present at the trial with her father Carlo taking the stand and addressing Martinez directly, telling him to confess if he still considered himself a man, the judge intervening, telling Carlo to control his emotions. February 2020, Bismarck Espinosa Martinez was sentenced to only 16 years in prison, much less than the 60 years that the lawyers of Carla's family wanted. What would you like to see mysteriously listed? Do you have a particular theme that interests you? Please search Mysteriously Listed on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss an episode. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search Mysterious List. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Research, additional writing, hosting and production is by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.